Chapter Twenty Four of Glenda of Oz by L. Frank Baum. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Four, Glenda's Triumph. Of course, all those who had joined Glinda's expedition at once crossed the bridge to the island, where they were warmly welcomed by the skeezers. Before all the concourse of people, Princess Ozma made a speech from a porch of the palace, and demanded that they recognize her as their lawful ruler, and promised to obey the laws of the land of Oz. In return, she agreed to protect them from all future harm and declared that they would no longer be subjected to cruelty and abuse. This pleased the skeezers greatly, and when Ozma told them they might elect a queen to rule over them, who in turn would be subject to Ozma of Oz, they voted for Lady Aurex, and that same day the ceremony of crowning the new queen was held and Aurex was installed as mistress of the palace. For her prime minister the queen selected Ervic, for the three adepts had told of his good judgment, faithfulness, and cleverness, and all the skeezers approved the appointment. Glinda, the wizard, and the adepts stood on the bridge and recited an incantation that quite filled the lake with water again, and the scarecrow and the patchwork girl climbed to the top of the great dome and replaced the pane of glass that had been removed to allow Glinda and her followers to enter. When evening came, Ozma ordered a great feast prepared, to which every skeezer was invited. The village was beautifully decorated and brilliantly lighted, and there was music and dancing until a late hour to celebrate the liberation of the people. For the skeezers had been freed not only from the water of the lake, but from the cruelty of their former queen. As the people from the Emerald City prepared the next morning to depart, Queen Aurex said to Ozma, There is only one thing I now fear for my people, and that is the enmity of the terrible Sudik of the Flatheads. He is liable to come here at any time and try to annoy us. And my skeezers are peaceful folks and unable to fight the wild and willful flatheads. Do not worry, returned Ozma reassuringly. We intend to stop on our way at the flathead's enchanted mountain and punish the Sudik for his misdeeds. This satisfied Aurex, and when Ozma and her followers trooped over the bridge to the shore, having taken leave of their friends, all the skeezers cheered them and waved their hats and handkerchiefs, and the band played, and the departure was indeed a ceremony long to be remembered. The three adepts at magic, who had formerly ruled the Flatheads wisely and considerately, went with Princess Ozma and her people, for they had promised Ozma to stay on the mountain and again see that the laws were enforced. Glinda had been told all about the curious flatheads, and she had consulted with the wizard and formed a plan to render them more intelligent and agreeable. When the party reached the mountain, Ozma and Dorothy showed them how to pass around the invisible wall, which had been built by the flatheads after the adepts were transformed, and how to gain the up and down stairway that led to the mountain top. The Sudik had watched the approach of the party from the edge of the mountain, 
and was frightened when he saw that the three adepts had recovered their natural forms and were coming back to their former home. He realized that his power would soon be gone, and yet he determined to fight to the last. He called all the flatheads together and armed them, and told them to arrest all who came up the stairway and hurl them over the edge of the mountain to the plain below. But although they feared the supreme dictator who had threatened to punish them if they did not obey his commands, as soon as they saw the three adepts, they threw down their arms and begged their former rulers to protect them. The three adepts assured the excited flatheads that they had nothing to fear. Seeing that his people had rebelled, the Sudik ran away and tried to hide. But the adepts found him and had him cast into a prison, all his cans of brains being taken away from him. After this easy conquest of the Sudik, Glinda told the adepts of her plan, which had already been approved by Ozma of Oz, and they joyfully agreed to it. So during the next few days, the great sorceress transformed, in a way, every flat head on the mountain. Taking them one at a time, she had the can of brains that belonged to each one opened, and the contents spread on the flat head, after which, by means of her arts of sorcery, she caused the head to grow over the brains, in the manner most people wear them, and they were thus rendered as intelligent and good-looking as any of the other inhabitants of the land of Oz. When all had been treated in this manner, there were no more flatheads at all, and the adepts decided to name their people Mountaineers. One good result of Glinda's sorcery was that no one could now be deprived of the brains that belonged to him, and each person had exactly the share he was entitled to. Even the Sudik was given his portion of brains, and his flat head made round like the others. But he was deprived of all power to work further mischief, and with the adepts constantly watching him, he would be forced to become obedient and humble. The golden pig, which ran grunting about the streets with no brains at all, was disenchanted by Glinda and in her woman's form was given brains and a round head. The wife of the Sudik had once been even more wicked than her evil husband, but she had now forgotten all her wickedness and was likely to be a good woman thereafter. These things being accomplished in a satisfactory manner, Princess Ozma and her people bade farewell to the three adepts and departed for the Emerald City, well pleased with their interesting adventures. They returned by the road over which Ozma and Dorothy had come, stopping to get the sawhorse and the red wagon where they had left them. "'I'm very glad I went to see these peoples,' said Princess Ozma, "'for I not only prevented any further warfare between them, but they have been freed from the rule of the Sudik and Kuio, and are now happy and loyal subjects of the land of Oz.' which proves that it is always wise to do one's duty, however unpleasant that duty may seem to be. End of chapter 24 End of Glinda of Oz by L. Frank Baum This book recorded by Phil Chenevere in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 
February of 2016.